Today's episode is a Singhasan Bhattisi story where Raja Vikramaditya has a chance to end world hunger only if he briefly becomes a step stool. What might Raja Bhoj do if he had the same chance? Welcome to Stories from India. This is a podcast that will take you on a journey through the rich mythology, folklore and history of the Indian subcontinent. I am Narad Muni, the celestial storyteller and the original Time Lord. With my ability to travel through space and time, I can bring you fascinating stories from the past, the present and the future. From the epic tales of the Mahabharat and Ramayan to the folk tales of the Panchatantra to stories of Akbar Birbal and Tenali Raman i have a story for every occasion the purpose of the stories is neither to pass judgment nor to indoctrinate my goal is only to share these stories with people who may not have heard them before and to make them more entertaining for those who have The Singhasan Bhattisi is a series of 32 stories all of them centered around a king's attempt to sit on the throne of Vikramaditya So far we've done 5 of these episodes The first was episode 124 which had the framing narrative Then we covered 4 of the stories in episodes 136 164 188 and 225 Let's recap the framing story after which we'll cover another one of these stories. The framing story begins with Raja Bhoj. Bhoj ruled his kingdom several centuries after Vikramaditya had passed on. Vikramaditya had been an immensely popular king and even in Bhoj's time he dominated pop culture. It wasn't just the Vikram and Vetal stories which featured him in the starring role with a reanimated corpse or a Vetal in a supporting capacity. During Bhoj's time, you could pick up any celebrity magazine, comic book, murder mystery, romance or even just a philosophical essay. Chances are there would be a reference to Vikramaditya in there. They even had Vikramaditya celebration week with reenactments, Air Vikram custom shoes, Vicky Cola, and all kinds of assorted merchandise. There were also some mystery enthusiasts who claimed to have found the location of Vikramaditya's lost throne. Ultimately, it wasn't one of these enthusiasts, nor an archaeologist, nor a bounty hunter. who actually found the throne it was an ordinary farmer who stumbled on the legendary throne that had been a gift from indra himself and if you were like who's indra let me remind you that he's the king of the devs and the ruler of swarg or heaven so far bhoj 
had been a pretty average king. With the discovery of the throne, he saw this as a chance to catapult himself into fame. The throne was magic, and since Vikramaditya had gotten special powers from it, so could Bhoj. The throne itself couldn't be moved, so his staff had a new palace constructed all around it. Taxpayer money well spent, they all thought. The palace builders had constructed 32 steps leading up to the throne to match the 32 Apsara idols on its sides. When Bhoj climbed a step, one of those idols flew out of the throne. It hovered in the air near Bhoj and presented him with a challenge. He could sit on the throne, but only if he genuinely felt that he was worthy of it. The challenge was a story. Thankfully. Otherwise, it might not have been very interesting if it was some mathematics or science quiz. Let's just say that maths and science had not been Poge's strongest subjects back in school. The question at the end was a simple true-false question and the correct answer was also obvious. But there was no way to cheat. Poj needed to provide a sincere reply. That was absolutely necessary. You could imagine that the Apsara idol had an AI-powered lie detection module. Bhoj answered and the idol flew away because Bhoj's answer did not match what Vikramaditya did. The throne looked just as pretty with 31 idols instead of 32. So the king didn't worry at that point. But then the same thing happened with the next idol and the one after that and so on and so forth. Today, we'll hear yet another such story. Idol number 5 hovered in the air near Bhoj. Clearly, I'm not the first, the Apsara idol remarked, looking at the freshly vacated spots on the throne. Bhoj, you already know the drill. Let's get down to the story, shall we? We have no time for idle talk. Get it? Idle. As in, I'm an idol? Bhoj said that he knew the drill, yes. And for what it was worth, the previous idols hadn't had a sense of humor built in. He appreciated this change. Idle minds can be a creative workshop, he realized. Enough idle gossip. Time for the story, the Apsara reminded him. There was once a mighty king called Vikramaditya. Bhoj interrupted. No, no, start with once upon a time. The Apsara sighed. She knew there were going to be more such silly requests later on. But most of those would probably be for her sister idols to deal with. All right, she said. Once upon a time, in a kingdom not so far away. Wait, wait. I have to get something very, very important, Boj exclaimed. 
the apsara asked in a very concerned tone what obviously my popcorn bhoj explained i ran out during the last story well don't just stand there wiggle your finger or whatever you normally do so your servants can get you your precious popcorn even as it was delivered the apsara muttered something under her breath about the idle wretch if his majesty pleases i'll continue my story she said a moment too late she realized that the sarcastic his majesty that she had inserted would be quite lost on a king she launched into her story vikramaditya was walking in the streets of his kingdom this was not unusual some kings did it quite regularly bhoj himself had done so when he discovered the throne other later rulers like akbar might do so in disguise but it was their way of appealing to the masses it was as if the king were saying reach out to me make me your brother except for the kings who went out in disguise those were simply looking for unfiltered feedback on their policies anyway on such a walking trip in the quiet of the night vikramaditya strolled near the execution square you know the area where they publicly hung criminals today there had been an execution extravaganza today had been the karma carnival edition 2024 but before the common era so really about 4000 years ago as vic walked on the streets he wished that he had seen this during the day right now everything seemed completely deserted the souvenir stalls were all closed now he was disappointed that he couldn't have himself measured for a noose at the take home news stall every one of his citizens seemed to be carrying one as king of the land such simple pleasures were denied him imagine the uproar it might cause in court if he asked to eat buddhi ke pal or cotton candy as it is called on the streets come to think of it unless he was very specific his staff might actually feed him hair from an old lady yuck now he had reached the center the star attraction the big banyan tree which made the perfect spot to hang criminals a tree this large could support multiple hangings all at once sometimes when an entire crime family was being executed all at once it gave the whole event a bit of a family atmosphere at least that's what the event planners hoped for and then vikramaditya saw the strangest sight of all from one of the branches hung a criminal to be precise an ex criminal the soul of the criminal had long since departed from this world
and the remains were not going to be involved in any further crimes unless you considered the stench a crime the king was seriously rethinking his own policy of leaving these criminals hanging here he had meant it as a stern reminder to all karma carnival 2024 bc attendees of the consequences of becoming a criminal anyway this criminal hanging here wasn't what he considered strange what was strange was the lady at this criminal's feet wailing like a banshee but to be clear she was not a banshee which if you didn't already know is a character from irish folklore who shrieks and cries before someone passes away in this case though the criminal who was hanging there had already passed away but the lady seemed not to know that my good lady it isn't safe here at this time of night he told her is it safer then in the middle of a cemetery on a moonless night with only a betal for company was her reply good point vic observed but that was a long time ago and it all worked out in the end listeners confused by these remarks please listen to the vikram and betal episodes on the show when you get a chance what are you doing here anyway the carnival is over and why are you wailing i'm not wailing i'm crying wailing is a subcategory of crying but it involves less tears and look i'm shedding lots and lots of tears you think as a king you should know the difference all right why are you crying then it's my husband she said i knew it what did he do domestic violence makes my blood boil i'll have him severely punished just tell me where he is the lady pointed to the hanging criminal there's my husband and as for what he's done he's gone and gotten himself hanged oh i see muttered the king his cheeks flushing red more out of embarrassment than anything else he began fidgeting with his notebook he carried his notebook with him of the day's activities now he was able to quickly look up the details of this lady's husband from the barcode on the label on the man's clothes he read out the details subject badmash singh age 29 years height 5 feet 8 inches weight 80 kgs next of kin shanta bai wife that must be you my dear convicted of armed robbery burglary sentence public execution at karma carnival 2028 bc but postponed to karma carnival 2024 bc because of the pandemic of the last 4 years he paused and looked at shantabai and said i was going to offer you justice but in this case i see it is already done 
Badmash Singh was a criminal. Armed robbery and burglary are no joke. Hanging was the right punishment here. Shantabai had completely stopped wailing now. Fair enough, she said. I'm not worried about that. You can hang him for as long as you like. What I'm worried about is that the poor thing is just hanging there and hasn't had any food or water since his last meal this morning. You do get why they call it a last meal, right? It's the last meal you ever consume. He scrolled down in his notebook on Badmash Singh's profile and found the right section. It says here that he requested some parathas, some lassi and a side of raita and some gulab jamun for dessert. The parathas, lassi, raita were no problem. We got our cook to make them all. But we couldn't manage the gulab jamun. There's been a problem with our supply chain ever since the pandemic. So we had to substitute that with Srikhand, which, after all, was Badmash Singh's second choice. Oh, but I have some gulab jamun right here. All I want to do is to feed it to my husband, Shantabai said. I don't know if you realize this, my lady, but Badmash Singh is incapable of eating anything anymore. Oh no, sire. He's definitely alive and hungry and thirsty, no doubt. Get a hold of yourself, Shantabai. The hanging was eight hours ago and I have the coroner's certificate right here and the medical examiner's report. They reported no pulse, no heartbeat. But I saw him twitch, she said. That sent a chill down Vikramaditya's spine. The horror was with the realization that he might get sued if his staff had done an incompetent job. Was it possible that the criminal was actually alive? Eight hours seemed unlikely, but hanging was so unreliable. He figured it was time to move on to more advanced methods, like nitrogen gas or something. He made a mental note to have his staff read up on the literature. But for now, he must do what it took to avoid a lawsuit. She wanted to feed Badmash Singh some food. So be it. She couldn't reach Badmash Singh's mouth. There were also no stepladders around. So Vikramaditya, the ruler of the land, got down on his knees and gestured Shantabai to stand on him so she could reach her husband's mouth and feed him the gulab jamun. Hey, Shantabai, if he doesn't want it, I wouldn't mind having one, he called out. But it turned out that the gulab jamun magically turned to jewels in Badmash Singh's open mouth, all of which fell out and scattered on the ground. Badmash Singh couldn't swallow the food because just as Vic had thought, he had already had his last meal. The jewels were a strange sight and Vic wondered if they were the loot from the criminal's last heist. 
But no, his notebook said that they had accounted for everything. Maybe the gulab jamuns had the jewels hidden inside. Pretty much the same way that the rishi in the Vikram Betal stories who had given him gifts had hidden a massive gem inside mangoes. Shantabai got down and explained. She wasn't really Shantabai. She was a goddess. Vic thought that she was getting delirious. He could arrange for a social worker to take care of this lady and maybe also to discreetly find out where she had managed to get the ingredients for gulab jamun when his entire kingdom was in a supply chain crisis. I can see you don't believe me, Shantabai said and waved a magic wand and was instantly transformed into goddess form. Annapurna, goddess of food, avatar of Parvati, she said, introducing herself. That explained the gulab jamun at least. Annapurna went on to say that she had been testing Vikramaditya and she was pleased with the results. He had not hesitated to lower himself on the ground to keep his subjects happy. After all, serving them was his only function. Vic did not think it was best to mention that he had only done so in order to avoid the lawsuit. And besides, the gift she offered now, though it looked very dull, was bound to be magical. It was the gulab jamun bowl that Shantabai had brought. You only have to wish for some kind of food and it will appear in here. What about liquids? Vikram asked. It has to be food and the goddess of food, not food and drinks. So, rasam, soup and kheer will work, but not milk or water? Exactly. Don't try to apply science to this. This is beyond science. At least, beyond 2024 BCE science. Annapurna departed and Vic headed back to the palace, cheerfully thinking of all the exotic dishes that he was going to eat. And a fair bit of money that he would save by laying off the entire kitchen staff. But thankfully, for said kitchen staff, something happened that guaranteed their jobs, for the moment. Vic ran into a beggar near the palace. The man looked hungry. Now was a good time to test this bowl. Upon asking, the beggar revealed his deepest desire was to eat Puranpoli, though he was perfectly willing to settle for plain cooked rice. Vic laughed and gave him Puranpoli from the bowl. The beggar was enormously impressed and asked for another favour. He wanted the bowl for himself. Without any hesitation, Vic handed it over. So, there you have it, the Apsara idol concluded her story. Vic gave up the bowl and had nothing to show for it. One could only hope that the beggar would have put it to good use 
What do you think, Burj? If that happened a while ago, and there are no current outperforming food vendors, the beggar must not have misused it to build a vast commercial food empire. And because it is goddess Annapurna's bowl, it must be indestructible. That means it is somewhere out there, a lost artifact waiting to be found. Astute reasoning. But I can see you're being evasive. Back to the question. Would you have done what Vic did in those circumstances? Would you have let Shantabai stand on you so she could feed Badmas Singh's corpse? Would you have given away the bowl to the beggar? Both sighed and admitted that no, he would not have. He would have had someone come and care for Shantabai. He would not have considered humoring her tiny request. And the bowl itself, in wise hands like Bhoja's, that bowl was the solution to world hunger. Why give it all away? And that is why I cannot remain on the throne, the Apsara said as she flew off. Bhoj didn't like his chances. So far, his strike rate was zero. But he had to continue trying. He took the next step. We'll leave it there for now. A few notes. Previous Singhasan Bhattisi stories are linked in the show notes and on the site sfipodcast.com. Check them out. The throne was made by King Indra, gifted to Vikramaditya. It augmented many of the king's powers. But Vic was already smart. He had applied logic in solving a series of problems that he had faced earlier in his career. Those problems were really case studies posed to him by a Betal, whom the king was trying to capture. Check the links in the show notes and on the site sfipodcast.com for links to the Vikram Betal stories as well. The word Badmash is Hindi and it means notorious. Quite fitting considering Badmash Singh's career highlights. In the next episode, we'll do a folktale from Uttar Pradesh. We'll see what happens when a lion decides to get married. Thank you all for the comments on social media and on Spotify's Q&A. I can't directly reply to the questions there, but I'll address them here on the show. Thank you, Deep and Joy, for the comments. I will do another story about myself at some point soon. Thank you, Sakshi. And thank you, Vishrut. Loved reading your comment. Vishrut and Shweta, yes, Subhash Chandra Bose's story is lined up. So we'll get to this soon enough. Ambrosia, thank you for the feedback. We did, in fact, cover Kalki's story back in episode 155. Do check it out. Shalu, I appreciate your kind and thoughtful words as always. It's feedback like yours that keeps me motivated in continuing to tell these stories. If you have any other comments or suggestions, or if there are particular stories that you'd like to hear, please do let me know by leaving a comment or a review on the site sfipodcast.com or reply to the questions on Spotify's Q&A. 
You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook. If you want to send me an email, it's storiesfromindiapodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to the show to get notified automatically of new episodes. A big thank you to each and every one of you for your continued support and your feedback. The music is from purpleplanet.com. That's purple-planet.com. Thank you for listening and I'll see you next time.